0: Welcome to The Philip Wiley Show. Take a look behind the curtain of professional hacking and hear compelling discussions with guests from diverse backgrounds who share a common curiosity and passion for challenges and their job. And now, here's your host, offensive security professional, educator, mentor, and author, Philip Wiley. Today, I'm
1: excited to have Adam Mingus joining uh, I got to meet Adam during the Singa Segura, uh, dinner during RSA, uh, recently. And, uh, we got to talk, I got to talk, speak with him, one of his salespeople. And we kind of decided that, uh, Adam would be great to have on the show. So thanks for joining us, Adam.
0: No worries. I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure.
1: Yeah. Always, always great to chat with someone that, that's got some history in the industry. And, uh, just based on, you know, some of our previous talks, uh, I'm really excited. My wife's eat, made me uh, admit
0: yeah. my wife's made me admit the gray hairs finally. So yeah, okay. they came from somewhere.
1: Yeah, I just I, I shave mine, so that's why <laughs> I, I used to have a goatee, but when it got too much gray, I kinda got rid of it. But
0: yeah, thanks for joining. So make, how, no worries. Yep.
1: <laughs> so how, how is your uh, new year going for you? Not so new anymore. We're almost halfway through it, but how are things going?
0: yeah yeah going pretty well uh, i am just heading off the heels of uh, cyborg's impact here in boston so that's where i am right now i'm actually um, i live in dc but uh but yeah so um out here um learning about their take on uh pam which is of course my Uh, my big thing nowadays um so so yeah no it's been it's been great year so far um everything seems very exciting there seems like there's an emerging aspect to everything i think it seems like uh everyone's waiting for the year after the pandemic feels to be like this is the this is the one that everyone's going like let's do this and a lot of positive vibes so i'm i'm good
1: It sure seems that way, especially after RSA, the turnout there and people seem a little more comfortable with things. And so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still all of the trials and tribulations of, you know, the tough parts of this job, as you are familiar with, too. But um, but yeah, I did. I heard a lot of optimism, uh, funny enough, at RSA, uh, despite all of our challenges, uh, of which there are many. Right. So.
1: So uh, why don't you introduce yourself, kind of uh, let our listeners know kind of your background, kind of how you got started and what you're doing today?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. So long story, but I'll, I'll pick it up when I came uh, to the U.S. Uh, from from Canada. I came here uh, for, a, for a job. Uh, I came to work for a government contractor. This was back in 2000. And so uh, before the big... The big, the big thing, of course, 9 right? And so um, I came and I was working for a defense contractor and really learned a ton of stuff about security and access control, um, which was what I really wanted to do. So I just got in this job. I was really excited. And uh, and then 9-11 happened. And that shook everything up a lot. And so um, I was not a U.S. citizen at the time. I am now, but I wasn't at the time. And so um, I hung around there for a while longer, but I had to shift towards uh, private sector work. And so I took all of that knowledge that I built inside of that DOD contractor around access control, and I'm talking writing writing secure operating system code. I worked on the the Trusted BSD project for a little while. Um, if anybody's ever heard of that, speaking of old stuff, and uh, and so I um um yeah, so I, I, I transitioned out to the to the private sector and went to banking, which was sort of a natural progression because of course banks and finance need the kind of heavy hitting security that, um, that I was learning about, uh, through, through my work in, in the DOD. So it was, it was really cool then the transition and take that on the road as it were, and turned it into what I love to say nowadays, I was doing zero trust, um, before it was called that. Uh, so I went into, uh, e in about 2006, I think. And, um, I what my first project, my first big project that somebody let me do that. I was like, I want to, I want to do this was, was network segmentation. And I was not a network engineer, so that meant working with, with them, but, um, but yeah, you know, getting, and, and I was very, I was, I don't know what, what words I was even using back then because zero trust wasn't, you know, the term yet, but, but talking about the need for zero trust concepts. And so I'm loving now seeing. All of this sort of come come to me with all of these these earned gray hairs are um, uh, letting me see everything as it converges, and um, you know I'll let you I'll, I'll, I'll give you a chance to direct me here a little bit, but um, but yeah I mean I am and Pam is the big thing for for me. I ended up really focusing on I am. And then that shifted over the last few years into PAM. I'm sorry, I'll define those. Identity Access Management, IAM, we frequently say, and PAM, Privileged Access Management, um, which is, well, we'll talk about that a little more, but I'll let you, maybe you want to direct me, so.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting to see the evolution of IAM and PAM, especially, you know, back when I was first getting started in, in security, you know, we had like a team of people that set up uh, employee access and, Back then, it was just strictly uh, access to systems. It wasn't anything to do with uh, card access to doors. That was all part of physical security and how a lot of things were manual. You know, HR would have to send you an email saying this new person is starting. There was no integration. It was not seamless at all. It was very manual.
0: The year that everyone, I think, uh, everyone—the year that a lot of people missed—I think—in RSA that was a theme—was uh, the convergence, right, of of um, physical and and it was a few years ago now, I want to say, but um, yeah, like that whole physical uh, virtual convergence is definitely in full swing. But everybody's just really realizing that identity is is kind of it. I heard these here at uh, Starbucks event I heard these these pretty staggering statistics about how many of the breaches are based on identity stolen. Credit that kind of thing. And so it's, um, I find myself in the sweet spot, not totally by accident, of course, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be solving the challenges of identity because they are really just at the forefront for a very good reason.
1: Yeah. And privilege access management. That's another very important area. When you think about, you know, performing pen tests and stuff, Uh, me and some of my colleagues, we you know, routinely find like a spreadsheet of credentials or people yes, have yes. like a file, file with the, you know, admin credentials. So that way they can access it. So that is an area that that's just evolving. heard that story. good.
0: Just, just heard it. that story here. at our Impact. you know, it was um, it was that they were going on about, you um, know, you know all the challenges, and of course, somebody literally said God was up on stage, just saying, "You know, we we manage these these accounts in a spreadsheet." And and I admire that the guy had no shame in just saying it. But also, it struck me that the guy's just saying that. Here we are in 2023, and it's still. You know passwords and spreadsheets so i you know we have come a long way we've you know we're talking about least privileged, like it's uh that's a widely accepted term and i remember 10 years ago even 10 years ago having to explain it right so that's that's progress um i used to joke about the uptake of mfa and it would take me forever and that's that's now real in biometrics. so there's a lot of progress we've made um but uh but yeah a lot a lot of challenges left so for sure and the red team yeah. is really hitting hitting hard now so yep
1: yeah really Really amazing how quickly things have evolved. Because when you just go back to think twenty years ago, where we're at to where we are, where, where we are now, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and and to me, it seems like a bit of a we're having to get ready, right? Because the other thing I'm hearing this year. Um, not just this latest event here, but others in the course of our days to prep for um, you know the, the critical infrastructure and all that stuff coming to a head with geopolitical tensions, right? So you know that's that's being said everywhere now. This year, speaking of you know the the, the trends and um, and so we're we need to get ready for a, a, a more hardened, a more um, a more skilled, and a more emboldened attacker. Um, you know, um, as I'm sure you know, preaching to the choir here this audience but...
1: <laughs> yeah it's re- really interesting and, and scary the way a lot of that's you know kind of moved from the battlefield to more uh through our critical infrastructure and different systems i know what was it last year that there was the attack on the water treatment facility in florida which they refer to as like a killware attack so that's really scary stuff
0: Yeah, yeah. The Killware is really, I mean, they, um, you know, the story on the street to me about it was that, you know, the the ransomware finally just made its way down and got into the wrong hands who just, yeah, turned it into Killware because Killware is even easier than ransomware. You just, you know, you just trashing the place and you don't care if you get it back. So Um, it's amazing how emboldened the attackers got so quickly. It's not surprising, but it's it's amazing to me. Um, and so we just really need to up defenses um, quickly. I'm hearing talk about air gap systems and stuff from people in places I just never would have heard before. It's, it's, it's a lot of interesting ideas spreading in response. So.
1: Yeah, and the IT, I mean, the OT and ICS environments have been pretty tricky to get people manage those environments to buy into security?
0: Yeah, so um, the the buy into security um, is um, I I think, you know, what I'm hearing now is the insurance is driving it right for better or worse. To me, um, that's really been the everything. So I I'm really just focused on, you know, answering that need. Um, I haven't really been in tune with, it's funny you bring that up, but I have not been in tune with that problem at all this year. I've been thinking about a bunch of people who are now suddenly having to scramble to make a lot of things happen in cybersecurity uh, because of cyber insurance. So their mandate's clear and it's been kind of refreshing not to have to convince anybody of anything um, in, in my area. So oddly
1: that that's that's good to see that changing i used to work for a company that was a consumer products uh, company and they had plants and the ot folks just did not want to and and for some reasons like you know they've had bad experiences where something got patched and it broke production but you always Those had to hard are-
0: those systems are very, remember how long the life cycle on those systems are, right? And so it's it's everything, change management, of course, risk management is change management and it's all, you know, but change is really difficult on those systems. So there's a reason why those folks resist it. And I don't think it's about the security. I think it's just about, well, I think it, you know, if you look at it in terms of the CIA triad, you look at the A, availability. I think that's what they're very obsessed with for right now. Right reasons, right. So you know everybody has their, um, their slant and and their bias. Uh, you know, there's no such thing, of course, as being unbiased. But um, you know, I don't. I think that they. Do, well, maybe I should ask you. I mean, do you think that they, in your in your world, do you think that they've really woken up? That these attacks over the last couple of years have have changed it, brought them more. It seems to me. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I believe so. And then you see CISA, you know advising to, to secure those areas and then we're seeing attacks and things that would warrant because before in the past, it's like, you know, they're thinking we're just a bunch of tinfoil hats, you know, knee jerk reaction to having to, to to remediate those vulnerabilities or perform the testing and harden the security. But I think they're starting to see the proof now.
0: I, uh, I spend my time further towards the the tip right because of pam i tend to spend my time with more people who are further ahead and pushing further ahead but i've had even i've had to kind of, I feel like the tables are in reverse and it's like, Hey, okay. Tim full hat there, you know, you don't need to do that much with, with this yeah. particular threat. Right. And I'm, I'm having to basically help people understand through assessment, what they really need to focus on because they see these attacks and then they, they may the risk associated with one particular thing. Right. That's, um, that's what I, I see. But like I said, I spend my time, more in these areas, as much as I mentioned the air gap systems, it's only because I'm hearing people I don't usually. It's not a conversation I hear. Um, I mean, I've I've done less than a handful of air gap systems. Um, Pam, they are. There's definitely there's a market there for it, but um, but but yeah. Anyway, it's um, interesting world.
1: So you're you're specializing I am in Pam. So uh, are there any other areas that that your company specializes in?
0: yeah so we have this odd juxtaposition to some where we also do network and remember that i go all the way back i started my career before i came uh to um to the u.s what got me the job was all these chops and networking some of the first uh uh code and problems i worked on for the dod was on cooperative uh I remember the name of the project but it was on cooperative networks uh basically making code making worms um so it was um so, so uh i've lost my train of thought now where you where you're asking the question um first time for in the whole the whole time uh i would have to edit where were we going yeah we were asking
1: how uh what are the things that you were specializing in besides pam and i am if you specialize yeah in so besides that
0: yeah. So let's see if I can pick it back up. So, so I hit, so networking was, um, a big thing. It got me the, it got me the role that I started with. And so when I was there, um, I was applying all of this network knowledge to this, this, this project on cooperative, whatever it was on cooperative networks. And, um, I really learned that you needed to stitch together the identity and well at the time I think I viewed it more as just access control. I wouldn't have called it identity, but but I would need to, you needed to stitch together what I really saw as authenticated authentication and access with the network. Um, and indeed we were we were trying to blur those lines with some of the things we were doing, different problem domain, but ultimately fusing together identity and network. And so when I founded my company I concentrate on both because I think with zero trust, you you have to be able to have uh, control of, of both. If you it, you can have every sort of identity and access management technology that you like, if you can't trust your network, you, you know, zero trust isn't zero trust in anything, it's zero trust anywhere else but the network, all your trust goes into the network. So that's why we focus on uh, network, in addition to identity. And that's really us. Awesome.
1: Good. Very good. So uh, for someone that wanted to get started on like IAM or PAM as a career, what kind of recommendations would you have?
0: Oh, man. Um, that's it's, you know, <laughs> um, it's it, it's a really easy and a difficult um, area to get into. And what I mean is it's easy to come to the places and, and, and give yourself access to the information, but there is a bit of a steep curve at first. So don't be intimidated. Um, You know, it, it, um, you, 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 if you, if you sort of go into these uh, conferences, go into these learning areas where there's now, you know, Identiverse is one of them that literally comes comes to mind because of the name um, is happening next week uh, in Vegas. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's tons of areas to learn, but don't get tripped up in all the nomenclature. And I think the biggest thing I would say is just to not get um, caught on all of the, the, the terms. But if you're, if you're okay with a bit of a learning curve, I would just say to steep yourself in finding these conferences that are focused on digital identity and, you know, start there um, and you'll quickly get, find your way into a lot of uh, interesting conversations. And then I think it unfolds. That's how it happened for me. Honestly, I was at E-Trade and I wanted to solve the problem. I went off and started attending, started joining I started talking. And before you know it, I had gained expertise. So, you know bit of a curve, but um, what a fun ride. And I would encourage anybody who um, wants to, wants to do more with identity to do it. It's just blowing up and we need all the thinking and smarts applied to this area that we can uh, in the next decade.
1: I think I I am as well as areas that kind of gets overlooked, you know, even from like a career perspective, because I, back whenever, back when I was getting started in security, that was really more of one of the entry points into security than SOC, you know SOC became the popular uh entrance into security
0: yeah it, yeah that, that's an interesting take i mean i'm i'm my my view is heavily skewed as i mentioned because i spent so much time in this and literally almost half my career has been in this now but but yeah i mean when i first came into identity i was like what are you talking about this is just a little part of security i just got to solve some authentication problems right and now you know half of my career later and it's all i talk about And, uh, you know, this conference isn't this, 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 the cyber arc here, they just said we're an identity security company. That's the new tagline, right? Identity. So it's, it's coming, it's here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so whenever I was mentioning as an entry point, I was talking about someone that kind of administers, I am not necessarily the architects and the people that control and set up the technology. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think. I wish I had of a- knowing that I was going to talk to you. I'm remiss. I wish I. I wish I had to look that up. Uh, I tell you what. If anybody wants to get um, in touch with me after, maybe if there's a way that we can put something in the show notes, I'd love to follow up with you with a better answer than what I'm about to give. But there are. Definitely, places where you can go and do these types of paid internship programs and all kinds of things to that um, are focused on identity. And it's usually in the area of enterprise identity and access. Um, around where I am in DC, it can be for government, but not always, right? There are large companies that need just you know um, a lot of identity and access management help from humans because it is a human problem. And we didn't even get to touch on AI, but you know, um, and they're going to apply that to this problem but it still needs identity does needs humans for quite a while. And um, so so find those, I'll get you a better answer than this one, but, but find those entryways. They, they do exist and for good reason because everyone needs help.
1: Sure, we'll be sharing whatever information you'd like in the show notes, including your LinkedIn account, uh, information about your organization and anything else you'd like to cool. share. Yeah, cool, awesome.
0: That's great, that's great, yeah.
1: So, yeah, one, one question I got for you since you're kind of in that area. Uh, so, what do you think about the passwordless authentication? So, what do you what are your views love on you that? Love that you brought it up. Love that you brought
0: it up. <laughs> I, um, the, the reason why I love that you brought it up is because one of the very first things I did when I found my way into identity access management, <clears throat> 2009, 10, around there, I went to RSA and um, or maybe it was a little later, 11, 12, but anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, I found my way into a room where they were talking about. Killing the password. And it was the very beginning of of FIDO. And I knew some of those people and I went on to maintain a conversation with a lot of the folks in in Fido. And and they talked on and on about killing the password. And I was, of course, I'm a I'm maybe a bit of a cynic sometimes. And and I I sided with the one person who was on the panel who said, passwords are gonna be here forever. And both of those things are true. We are doing very well with kill the password. Um, it's a real thing. Biometrics are here. They're happening, you know, like it's for better or worse. You know, I just saw a face recognition attack yesterday. Um, so, you know, but but we are progressing um, towards new uh, identity and access management models. Um, and um, so kill the password is going re- really well. Um, and, you know, biometrics are here. Um, everybody's using them for any, everything from buying the coffee. I, I bought this morning to my enterprise, you know, my enterprise, um, login. Um, I think, um, we, I still maintain though, that passwords will always be here. And so we need to have, that's why we have enterprise PAM solutions that, that, and, and vaults to vault them and things. Um, so we need to manage them just like any other part of security. Um, but the move that is continues its momentum is, is definitely, you know, the consumer. I think the consumer will, will indeed see, you know, death near death of passwords. You'll have to be the person who wants to use a password. You kind of already already are becoming that in some areas, right? So I think, you know, as we go forward, you'll have to really want to use a password in the consumer realm, but, but in the enterprise realm, we'll have passwords for a long, long time. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Very, very interesting area. I was at uh, B-Side San Francisco back in 2019 and the founder of uh, UbiKey was there. Yeah. Uh, Ubico. Yeah. Yep. Give yep. a, yep, a really interesting talk.
0: Yeah. Stina, she's, she's a very interesting lady. I had the pleasure of uh, working with her for a little while and um, and with Ubico, And that technology is wonderful. I, I love it. Um, I maintain, a, as, as I said, I'm a bit of a cynic and I'll often say that I don't see a whole bunch really, really new, really, really just, just just orders of magnitude better come in the industry. And you never do, right? I mean, most of the time, big breakthroughs don't happen. But I do consider the YubiKey to be a pretty big, big breakthrough still is ever, ever since they, they did it, I use them. It's a core part of my own OPSEC. Um, and, um, they, they just, they're very important, uh, the pass the the advent of pass key that makes them portable across devices and stuff. Uh, this is really good too, in terms of helping to bring the technology along and giving an on-ramp, but just those, those keys that separated out form factor that can survive in the washing machine. I like the joke, um, is very valuable. (laughs) Very valuable.
1: Yeah, you can see where really that's really going to be valuable for some of the less technical, and see, you can see on the consumer side because everyone, everyone has the aunt that that has ten Facebook accounts because they forget their passwords, or people are using really weak passwords so they can remember their passwords.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's great to see that same FIDO and the YubiKey that you spoke of um, being available as an option for those. And so I think we have to help less um, skilled people understand how to use those things properly, such as within the case of YubiKey to have two, right, because the core part of using that technology properly is you have a prime and your backup. Um, But as long as you use them properly, um, they are excellent. And they, they can be a really great way to protect less technical people, ironically, given that they get sort of painted as something for the for the uber technical folks. So I'm glad you brought them up, actually. Thanks for the question.
1: Yeah, and this is definitely good. I think, you know, kind of mentioning the less skilled people, I think really it seems like from just a overall cybersecurity stance as a country and just globally is we really need to bring up the the knowledge of the lesser skilled because, when, you know, the, the weakest link is always, you know, the way they get in. So if you can strengthen that, and sometimes people think, you know, rule out just, basic use, but, you know, that that could be leveraged in bigger attacks.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's um, we, we didn't really get to hit on AI very much. But with AI coming, you know, one of the things I've been hearing and seeing and I believe is that, you know, the AI, we will beat the human, right? Like the, the machine will be able to fool the human. All of those phishing attacks we're seeing this year that are like, yeah, that was a machine. I knew it was next year. It'll be that's a machine and it fooled you. Um, because it will have, it will have figured it out. So, so, you know, we, we have to be ready for that world. And I think, you know, that's where things like YubiKeys and, and, um, there are some other things that that you can do, um, with the right kind of skill and knowledge to help lesser skilled people be protected. But you're absolutely right to drill that point that we need to understand and identity and access management. You know, one of the things that us, um, geeks in the space uh, lament sometimes is how we are a little bit elitist about it. And we'll have these use cases that start off with and then one of us in the room will say, oh, my God, can you really? That's not a use case that's realistic for the average person. And then everyone else is like, yeah, and we're about to spend 20 minutes arguing about it. Right. So it's you know, it's a real challenge to understand what the less skilled person that's super important in this game, uh, how to protect and help them protect themselves, because that's yeah. and also help
1: them another thing themselves. another strength for the another strength for the password authentication too is you know you mentioned ai but what you know you keep hearing people say once quantum computing becomes uh in use trying to keep passwords secure that's going to be difficult so you're going to need something a better
0: I, I heard it said i heard it said already that um Look, there's so that, so I don't know if you've heard this, I forget the term now, if you've heard it, you can tell me, but the idea that people are caching uh, encrypted data because they realize that one day they may be able to unencrypt it, uh, decrypt it, uh, a la quantum computing, right? So it was like the third leg on every PowerPoint I've seen this year from anybody. And that's, that's absolutely, um, uh, that, that, that concerns me uh, too. The, The AI thing is really. Um, it will. Encryption is it sounds like, you know, there's just going to be a bunch of data that's encrypted today that someone's going to figure out first how to unencrypt and then it's unencrypted. And then the game changes and we go from there. That feels like how it's playing out to me. But what do I know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of scary time. So hopefully the all the smart folks figure it out before uh, it gets to be too big of a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's back to our point about finding on ramps to get into this stuff. And um, and if you're already into it, stay in and, and keep keep helping because it's 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 the area. I heard somebody say I thought it was six in seven breaches. And I don't know where this I feel like this this stat must have a context, but six in seven. I thought I heard I, um, caused by a stolen credential. And I was like, no, it can't be that bad, is it? But if it isn't that bad, it's not far. That's the thing. You know, it's bad.
1: Yeah. And then the scary part is the stolen credentials being uh, sold and all that too, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, like when I learned what seems like eons ago now, but when I learned about the black market for the stolen creds and how they all just sort of, you know, farm them, steal them, tabulate them, sell them, it's, amazing and then i went off and told you know as a cautionary tale to some of those you know less skilled individuals to help motivate them um before the media did such a great job of doing it um you know and you had to help people understand their own opsec um that was that was one of the stories yeah um but now i don't i feel like i don't have to tell them anymore so
1: <laughs> yeah just like one of the the recent royal ransomware that we're hearing about these days uh, one of the one of their footholds or ways in is stolen v, stolen VPN credentials.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the, and and again with AI, like it's the the attack vectors are going to get super interesting and diverse. I feel like in the next couple of years, I feel like it's going to be an opening up again. Like we sort of hacking got. I mean, not, look, I'm not, I'm on the outside of this. I'm a Mount red teamer, being interviewed by one, but but um, <laughs> like I saw it as getting kind of kind of converging. It all just became about identity, and it all just became phishing and, and whatever. Nobody was attacking the network anymore. And I heard, you know, people say that on stage, but I think that it's it's coming back. There's I did hear another stat, an interesting stat of late. Um, you know, kind of fifty to one machine identity to human identity. Right, So and with that kind of with that kind of ratio, you're just looking at a numbers game for where the attacks happen. So it's going to be machine identities. And that means it's going to be machine attacks. Right. And it's not long before machines are attacking machine. I mean, there they are, but you know, out in the open where we can see it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I
1: well, appreciate you joining today. Is there anything you'd like to say before we close out this episode?
0: I just, it was a real pleasure. I thank you, Phil, for those questions. Um, you, that was really great that we got to touch on the pass key and the Fido, um, the YubiKey and, uh, just thanks for a great, um, a great talk today. Really appreciate it. it.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's always I enjoy talking about this, the technology and uh, of security and technology in general. And and my other podcast, the the Hacker Factory, usually don't get as technical. It's more career oriented, so it's really nice to be doing these episodes where you get to to geek out on technology a little bit and and uh, great talking yeah. to someone in in your space.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. I love geeking out.
1: Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to The Philip Wiley Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, to learn more about Philip, go to thehackermaker.com and connect with him on LinkedIn and Twitter at Philip Wiley. Until next time.